Well, today we are starting a uh, new series called All In. And uh, the very first one we're going to talk about today is I'm invited, you're invited, we're all invited. Uh, God invites us all into his family. Uh, and that should be good news and exciting news for all of us. And uh, I'm going to kind of tie this in with Mother's Day. I forgot to say at the beginning, happy Mother's Day. But uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, I'm going to kind of tie this in because I believe moms uh, are a lot like our Lord and Savior in that, that they always say there's room at the table. Uh, there's nothing a mom likes better than to have all of her family and all of her kids uh, at the table together. And so uh, we're going to kind of uh, tie that in with Mother's Day today. But uh, we're going to talk about I'm invited to the table. You're invited into God's family today. Um, you know, uh, there are many things that uh, we can feel unwanted, we can feel unworthy, we can feel undeserving, we can feel unwelcome about. Uh, we've all made mistakes in our life, we've all made failures in our life, and many times we feel like, well, I messed up too bad, uh, I'll probably, my family won't love me anymore, my friends won't love me anymore, surely God couldn't love me anymore. And the beautiful thing about your, your family and God is that uh, they always say, that you are, uh, it doesn't matter what you've done, we love you unconditionally. And it's hard for us to accept unconditional love because most times in our life, most love in our lives has some kind of condition. Well, I will love you if you do this for me. I'll love you as you if you always do the right thing by me. But the minute that you don't, the minute you cross that line, then uh, I don't love you anymore. And unfortunately, a lot of times love in our life is conditional. Uh, but... Uh, you know it's a special love, uh, that, uh, and the Lord has that kind of love for you. Your family has that kind of love for you. Uh, your mom has that kind of love for you. It's just unconditional love. No matter what we do, no matter how we mess up, we know mom will always say, it's all right, I forgive you, come back in. And uh, so we're going to look at that today. No matter. So if you've ever felt unwanted, unworthy, uh, undeserving, or unwelcome, this message is for you today, and I hope you get encouragement out of it. All right? So uh, Jesus invites the people that others reject. Uh, this is so important because uh, it doesn't matter where you are today. Many people don't want to come to church and they don't want to get around God's people because they're, they have guilt and shame about something from their past. And I want to give you great news today that the Lord does not care about your past. Uh, he only cares about where you want to go from here forward, all right? The Lord is gracious and he is merciful to us. So we're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 7, and uh, this is from uh, two, about 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. Uh, he was claiming to be God, uh, and so uh, people thought um, if he's a son of God, then surely uh, he would be for the Pharisees, because in that day, the Pharisees were known as the most pious, most devout, most outwardly religious people than, than anybody else on earth, all right? Uh, and uh, most people knew that these guys were very religious, but one thing was they would never associate with anyone that they considered sinful. Now, the fact of the matter is they didn't even recognize that they themselves were sinners. They thought as long as they kept a bunch of laws, then they were not sinners, and they, they s looked at other people and said, at least we're not like those sinners, and they said it with kind of a distaste in their mouth, uh, that we're not like those other sinners, and uh, you know, one of the things you and I realize today is, is that we're all sinners. We've all failed, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's what 
the Bible tells us, all right? So, so we know today, but back then, uh, they didn't even consider themselves uh, sinful people, all right? And they would never associate with somebody they thought was a sinful person, all right? And so one day, there's a Pharisee named Simon, and uh, Simon decided to throw a party. Now, these parties that the, uh, that the uh, Pharisees would throw were kind of different, all right? Uh, they didn't throw the parties just to have a good time. They threw these parties. It would be an elaborate dinner party, and they would kind of invite the who's who of, uh, of the Pharisees to come and do this party, and they would have an elaborate dinner party, and most of the houses were built with what they called an outer room, and it was kind of a, a room, a dining room built onto the side of the house, and it would be outdoors, and it would have a porch all the way around it, all right, so that people could come up from the street, and they could watch what was going on in the, um, uh, watch what was going on on the porch and during the, uh, the dinner party, and uh, then they would go, and uh, they would be there so people could come. They would leave the door open, and people could come, and they would uh, watch what was going on because these uh, Pharisees would gather, and they would, uh, the p purpose of the party was to show off their knowledge, and, uh, and they would wear these formal robes with these tassels. It was just kind of an opportunity for the Pharisees to kind of show off. And uh, so uh, this outer room uh, would be so people could come and just uh, watch the, uh, the common people could come and listen to the Pharisees talk about politics, theology, social trends. It'd kind of be uh, like watching uh, a news show uh, in our day and time. But you got to remember, they didn't have television, they didn't have internet, uh, so this was kind of one of their forms of entertainment. Uh, so Simon throws this party. So let's begin in the first verse and uh, see what happens. So they're at this party at Simon the Pharisee's house, and this is what it says happens. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. All right? Now, most biblical scholars believe that this woman uh, that, uh, that came uh, to the party and came into the room was a prostitute. So if you can imagine, all these religious people, all these holy people, they're having this party, and this prostitute, this known, the town prostitute, walks into the party. And the Pharisees just go nuts. They rage in protest. They say, what is this woman doing here? She's unclean. Uh, she's unworthy. She is impure. She doesn't belong. And she was not invited. Maybe that's how we feel sometimes. Maybe we feel like, you know, I can't go to church. Uh, I'm too bad. I've done too many bad things in my life. Uh, my past, if they were to discover my past, uh, nobody would want me there. I would be unwanted, unwelcome. Nobody would ever want me at church. And I've got good news for you today. Just like we said, Jesus loves the people that other people reject, all right? So uh, this lady comes in, and, you know, they don't care what her backstory is. But, you know, people, when we get in situations uh, where we've fallen way far away from God, many times it happens over uh, a long period of time. And, uh, you know, many times we find ourselves, and we never intended to get there, we never intended to mess our lives up like that, but because of bad decisions and because of things, circumstances that ha happen in our life, we find ourselves many times way far away from God, and we wonder, how did I get here? And this lady was probably no different. Uh, it doesn't really tell us her backstory, but... Uh, you can imagine what maybe her backstory is just from what maybe people uh, today would go through. Maybe she had a father that used her and abused her um, when she was young. 
maybe her parents died when she was young and she had no choice. Maybe she was left to try and raise her brothers and sisters and uh, she, she had to support the family in some way and she had no choice. Uh, maybe she became pregnant out of wedlock and the father leaves her and walks away. Um, you know, we don't know what her backstory is, but I can guarantee you, just like most of us, we look up one day and we find ourselves uh, kind of in the ditch and we don't know how did we get here. And it's a, a series of bad decisions and maybe just bad luck and maybe uh, just some circumstances in our life. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, the Lord loves you. The Lord wants to pick you up out of that ditch and he wants to bring you back into his family. And the Lord loved this lady. But the Pharisees were going nuts. Uh, they were wondering, what is this lady? This woman is not only just a common sinner, she's the worst kind of sinner, and uh, she cannot even be here, all right? So um, she's not welcome, she's not invited, but she's determined to get to Jesus. So she goes and she kneels in a posture of worship, and she has a jar of perfume. It's a jar of very expensive perfume. In fact, uh, the most biblical scholars believe this perfume uh, the type that it was, it was worth a year's salary back then. So it's probably the most expensive thing she owns. And so she takes this very expensive perfume and she pours it on Jesus' feet. She probably has nothing else. This is the only thing of value she has in her life. So she begins to pour it out on Jesus' feet. Um, now here's another interesting thing too. Uh, most women back in Jesus' day did not wear perfume. Uh, really only prostitutes would wear perfume. It was kind of uh, their calling card. It was kind of if you smelled this perfume, then you kind of knew uh, that the, uh, this lady was around, all right? So it was something that was very expensive, uh, but it was also represented kind of her, um, her profession, if you would, all right? So here's why that means so much. She was pouring it out on Jesus' feet. Uh, so in one moment... It became both an extravagant act of worship as she poured that out on Jesus' feet, but then also it was a symbol of her repentance and that she was leaving her old life. Here was kind of the most expensive thing she owned, and it was uh, as she did her business, and uh, as she poured it out, she was representing, I'm pouring this out. I have no need for it anymore. I am repenting. I am leaving my old way of life, all right? Uh, so let's, let's go on and look at verses 38 and 39 and uh, see what the story goes. It says that it's, uh, she stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet, and she anointed them with the fragrant oil. Wow, what a picture. This woman, everybody in the room is just raging, all of these religious people. And they're mocking her. They're probably telling her, get out of here. You don't belong here. You're not worthy to be here. But this woman is totally determined uh, to come and see Jesus and do exactly what she came to do. So she just blocks everybody else out. And she's so broken uh, by the words of Jesus and just being around him that she's just weeping. And she's weeping and she's pouring this perfume out on his feet and then... Uh, uh, she just wipes her, uh, his feet with her hair and does all this. And then it says, uh, uh, Now when uh, the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, 
for she is a sinner. All right? So we've got to understand uh, Simon gets full of himself, and he says, oh, well, this guy's not, this guy Jesus isn't God or a prophet because if, uh, if he was, he would know this woman's a prostitute, and he would not let her come anywhere near him or touch him, all right? Uh, so he could not be. So uh, Simon gets full of himself thinking, oh, well, this guy's just a, a phony. He does, he's not who he says he is. Uh, but look at what Jesus does. Jesus reads his mind, all right? Jesus can not only hear what you say, he can uh, hear every thought that you have also. And so Jesus responds, and he reads Simon's mind, all right? And that's in verses 44 through 48. So let's see how he rebukes uh, uh, Simon, all right? He says, then he turned to the woman. And then he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the very time I came in. And then you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Boy, you know what I find is, this is so true. I find the people who get saved later in life sometimes, who've done a lot of bad things, who their life has been a total mess, and maybe they come to Jesus later in life, they have a totally different uh, perspective sometimes than people who get saved when they're a kid. I got saved when I was 15, so not a little kid, but a teenager. But, you know, even by 15, I had not had time to do a lot of wrong things and mess my life up uh, a whole lot by then. But I find people who come to Jesus in their 30s, 40s, and 50s after they've lived a pretty wild life, man, it just seems like they're on fire for Jesus a little bit more because of that very scripture right there. Uh, if you're forgiven of much, you love much. If you're forgiven of little, you tend to love just a little, all right? And so it, it's like to have a real true appreciation, the more you've been forgiven of, then the more love that you have for your Savior. And I find it to be true. I find that people who've been forgiven of a whole lot, uh, boy, they are reminded of it, and they, are, uh, they just worship Jesus with a fire and a passion, uh, sometimes more so than those who come to Jesus as, as little kids sometimes, all right? Uh, so... Why was this woman so determined? We're going to look at another set of scriptures from Matthew chapter 11 that kind of explains something. Why was this woman so determined to get to Jesus at this party? And what had happened during that day or the days before that made her just show up at this party and make a beeline for Jesus and knew that that was what she wanted to do? Well, it's because if you go into Matthew chapter 11, it tells this story also. And in Matthew chapter 11, it talks about Jesus uh, preaches a sermon in this woman's town right before the party. All right? So here's what happens. The woman hears Jesus preaching uh, earlier in the day, and then she finds out he's going to be at this party. And she says, I have got to get to, to this guy. And he's at the party, and I don't care. They'll probably try to throw me out, but I'm going to get to this party, all right? Uh, so in Matthew chapter 11, uh, this broken, rejected woman hears Jesus say this. And the, basically the gist of, uh, of the sermon that she heard was, Jesus said, you're invited into my family. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, you're invited into my family. You can come into my family just as you are. 
And man, that still is the greatest news of the gospel today. You don't have to clean up your life first. You don't have to try to clean yourself up from the outside because that doesn't ever work. Jesus says, you come to me just like you are. Give me your heart, and then I'll clean you up from the inside out, and it will change the way you look on the outside. Uh, we get it backwards, all right? So uh, let's look at this message that Jesus preached earlier in the day. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. And you probably heard a bit of this sermon. It says this, come to me, this is Jesus talking, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Wow. Uh, this, is what, this is the message that the, the woman heard earlier, and she said, uh, this guy's inviting me into his family, uh, even with what I've done, even with my past. And so I've got to see if this is real. I'm going to go, and she finds out Jesus is going to be at Simon's house that night. And she doesn't care what everybody thinks. She doesn't care if they're going to try to throw her out. She shows up at that party, and she goes to do one thing and one thing alone, and that is to kneel at the feet of Jesus and to worship him and to change her life and say, Jesus, I want to be a part of your family. And I would say that today. Have you ever said that before? Jesus, I want to be a part of your family. Listen, uh, you need to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never done that today, Jesus is inviting you, and he's always inviting you. The table is always open. There's always another spot at the table, and Jesus is willing to accept you just like you are. And you may say, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. I can tell you unequivocally, doesn't matter, all right? Jesus loves you just as you are. Doesn't matter what you've done in your past. If you want to change your life today, then he is willing to say, come on into the family, all right? All right, so uh, let's look at this. How did this woman change, all right? Uh, there's three things here. Pointing out the woman's sins did not lead her away from sin. Number two. Judging her for her lifestyle did not change her lifestyle. Shaming her did not set her free. Now, you'll notice all three of these things, this is what everybody else did. The whole town judged her, condemned her, uh, shamed her. None of that changed her. But what did change her? Jesus invited her into the family. Now, this is where I want to bring it to Mother's Day because I believe our moms, as, as, um, in general, are like this. You know, your mom will always love you. Uh, my mom, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've done some things. And uh, one thing about it, my mom, she just, she loves me. And it doesn't matter what I've done. doesn't matter what's in my past. Mom always forgives. Mom always says, I love you no matter what you've done. And so mom always says, come on back into the house. Come on, sit at the table. There's always room at the table with you, all right? So Jesus invites you into the family. Jesus invites you to the table, says there's always room at the table for you. And not only that, I want you to come to the table, but I invite you. My table's wide open. I invite you to bring other people with you. And that's what we say here at the church. The gospel is for everybody. The gospel is for the 
person that you think would never have anything to do with Jesus. The gospel is for the worst person you can think of that you think, well, they would never come to Jesus. The gospel is for all of those. So not only do you need to come to the table, you need to bring other people to the table with you. That's what Christ has called us to do. Uh, he has shown us grace and mercy and love, and we need to go out and tell other people, hey, we know a guy that will, he's got a place at the table. We invite you into our family. Listen, when people walk into your church, it should never be, ooh, look what they're wearing. Ooh, you, you know, they got a bad reputation. Or, you know, they're not welcome here at our church. They should never be able to come in our church. I'm here to tell you, don't you ever turn anybody away. Uh, the ones that don't deserve to be there or that have great sin in their life, those are the very people that need to be there the most because they need to know the love and the forgiveness and the mercy of Jesus. And I would tell you today, if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you today. I want you to pray this prayer with me, all right? I want to lead you in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And right now I ask you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me from myself. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now I accept what you did for me. I ask you, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. You prayed that prayer today. I want to ask you to please let me know. Uh, message me back on Facebook or uh, my cell phone is 903-399-3284. You can call me or text me. I would love to share more about just growing in your relationship with the Lord. I hope that this message has blessed you. I hope you have a great Mother's Day. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.